You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. Ben and John. That's me, and I want you only. Born to Run is the third studio album by the American singer-songwriter Bruce Springsteen, released on August 25th, 1975. The producer was Bruce Springsteen, Mike Appel, John Landau, and the genre is rock and roll, pop, rock, and heartland rock. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, William Ruhlman. Bruce Springsteen's make-or-break third album represented a sonic leap from his first two, which had been made for modest sums at a suburban studio. Born to Run was cut on a superstar budget, mostly at the record plant in New York. Springsteen's backup band had changed with his two virtual players, David Sanchez and drummer Vinny Lopez, replaced by the professional but less flashy Roy Bitten and Max Weinberg. The result was a full, high-production sound that contained elements of Phil Spector's melodramatic work of the 60s. Layers of guitar, layers of echo on the vocals, lots of keyboards, thunderous drums. Born to Run had a big sound, and Springsteen wrote big songs to match it. The overall theme of the album was similar to that of the E Street Shuffle. Springsteen was describing and saying farewell to a romanticized teenage street life. But where he had been affectionate, even humorous before, he was becoming increasingly bitter. If Springsteen had celebrated his dead-end kids on the first album and viewed them nostalgically on the second album, on the third he seemed to despise their failure, perhaps because he was beginning to fear he was trapped himself. Nevertheless, he now felt removed, composing an updated West Side Story with spectacular music that owed more to Bernstein than to Barry. To call Born to Run overblown is to miss the point. Springsteen's precise intention is to blow things up, both in the sense of expanding them to gargantuan size 
and of exploding them. If the wild, the innocent, and E Street Shuffle was an accidental miracle, Born to Run was an intentional masterpiece. It declared its own greatness with songs and a sound that lived up to Springsteen's promise. And though some thought it took itself too seriously, many found that exhilarating. All right, what do we think of Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen? Heck yeah, man. Ooh. <laughs> this album's awesome. It's oh a really God. great album. Robbie? It, it I'm, is I'm super into top. it. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, it's good. I, I, I like it. <laughs> so, Demir, about Springsteen. I just am surprised at how... How did he how did he get the cash to make this record? They gave him uh, they he had two who, who's they? <laughs> Columbia. Columbia. This is okay. his two last ditch with them effort. They this someone is- at Columbia saw a a the potential of a diamond in the rough. He had already had two albums with him and as a last ditch effort to get a big commercial smash, they just threw money at it. Man, because I'm hearing like all the bombast that happens on a few, like I think there's like three tracks that like it gets real big, mm-hmm. like super big. Uh, track one, uh, Born to Run, and then the last track. It's the Four oh, like, Corners, he called it. Mm-hmm. The first, the- yeah, the first, the end of the last, uh, the last song on the first track. Back first sorry, side. First side, yeah. But, and then the, the- he comes out swinging on the second side, and then it gets, it, it, it 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 sort of has those those pinnacle it's moments. Bookended. Yeah, yeah each, bookends. Each side starts with and ends with a thematic song. The openers of each side are huge and hopeful and powerful, and the ends are kind of sad and tragic. <laughs> tragic conclusions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm I'm only I'm only I'm I don't want to derail or anything, but I, I hear this record and it's fucking awesome. But then I think about like Meatloaf trying to get Bad Out of Hell done and no one wants it. No one wants it. Even though Springsteen at this particular point in time is four of the songs out of it are basically what like Meatloaf was doing at that point in time to the point where Todd Rundgren was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll put it out. You know, when, when like, was Meatloaf? Um, when was Bad Out of Hell, guys? It seems like we would cover it. We're gonna get to Bad Out of Hell, but I think the, the difference was is it? he is, I mean, Meatloaf is taking what man. the boss has done, and he's a different animal, obviously. And he's, yes, he's aping a meat, yes, he's aping <laughs> Meatloaf <Bruce> Springsteen. <laughs> Yeah, Same. Bad Out of Hell is 77. Yeah. Okay. He's, it's like uh, a, it's an extension of it. So it's like taking what it is and like bombasting it, and making it more fun, right? So, so it's diff- It's different, but the same. I don't sure. Know. Yeah. But Springsteen's that- vision on this one, uh, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to sound like Roy Orbison singing Bob Dylan produced by Phil Spector. Mm-hmm. Nailed and, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he did. Well, and so what I, like my biggest revelation listening to this 300 times this week for pleasure because I've always loved it <laughs> since college but before that I didn't because my dad liked it <laughs> right <laughs> but like was I was like oh of course I love Streets of Fire like have you all <laughs> yeah. like I was like of course I fucking do because that comes from this like that's also this and that's the same yeah, that, meatloaf guy right that weird taste of like the metaphysical heartland you know like yeah. engines and 
love and despair and fighting. It's <laughs> like, like elevating a certain type of like working class American strife to like this. It's, like the, it's the American story. Mythic level, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, Heartland uh, Rock. I had never heard that before. Like I, I kind of figured like that would cool, like. dude. Oh, of course. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard of John Cougar Mellon. <laughs> <laughs> But that term <laughs> Heartland Rock, same, Rob, same. I, I, I had never heard the term before. And, and and when you said that in the beginning, Birch, I was like, I immediately got kind of like tensed up a little bit and got offended. It was like, this motherfucker's from Jersey. He doesn't know shit about Indiana. <laughs> and then uh, I stopped being that way. Because you think that's Gary's ridiculous. not from Jersey, though? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah. like Heartland is like, like blue, Anne said, the, like mythic Heartland, like yeah. blue collar, right. hardworking, Americans. Working well, class, yeah. Girls. And like also I'm, uh, a, half of my family is from Jersey. <laughs> so like I, I probably commune with this album because of that too, right? But I see a lot of connection between that way of being and like, I don't know. Yeah, we were talking about it and she said, oh, it probably launched a million Jersey parties. <laughs> After this album came out, it was the first record played at every New Jersey party from it's then a, on. It's like a cultural heritage thing. I'm Which wearing is interesting. fake leather pants right now as my cultural costume. For this. But this <laughs> album is the like, least Jersey album that Springsteen had released to date. To like date, he, but it, that's still like the most Jersey album by someone not named Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. no, yeah. No, no, no. It's like, it's inarguably like very New Jersey. Yeah, but this album is totally <laughs> engineered to be a hit though. I mean, oh, like he yeah. took out the specific references of New Jersey so people could, <laughs> no, no. people could place these stories in their own like Rust Belt towns. Yeah. Exactly. He's not talking about something specific. It, it, He's still writing about New Jersey. He's just taking out the proper nouns. Right. Mm -hmm. No, I've I've had two girlfriends from Jersey and I've spent a good time there and I've got family there. So no, I'm I'm there with you. Good. But <laughs> uh, which Robert part of the Christ state Galahad. is what I'm supposed to ask you, but oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> North. Kreisko <laughs> had a, a nice little turn of phrase uh in his description of it. He he liked the album. He said it succeeded, but he uh, this one, like he said it, it succeeded in spite of its tendency for histrionics and pseudo tragic beautiful loser fatalism yeah i love that perfect yeah. Scott review yeah love that. beautiful loser <laughs> this week of doing the research and, and dipping back in is I, I I don't know if I knew already or I had forgotten or whatever but 
how long he spent on perfecting this thing, and then he just didn't want to let it go. He wa- he he didn't want it to end because he he didn't want it to be that's the best he could do because he he kept hearing these sounds in his head and he wanted it to be perfect the best rock and roll record ever recorded is what he said so he wanted that that sort of esteem which is impressive for anybody to go through such lengths and and to really put it all on the line i guess 14 months to record just the song born to run Six months. Six, months. Six months to record the song yeah. "Born to Run," and then and then they put it in a can and worked on the rest of the album. Like that was like their that's yeah. their prototype. Like they, like when they released it a bunch, right? So like it was on yeah. the radio and everyone was Especially like, "This like album regionally. has to happen." Like I think there yeah. was a radio station that played it every day at five fifty five, every Friday at five fifty five, as like and a your weekend has begun. Between yeah, between the pre-release of the of the track "Born to Run" and then Columbia had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar promotional campaign behind it. Oh my god! By the time the rest of the album came out, it was just like a a a, a feeding frenzy of hype that that came really close to backfiring. Mm-hmm. It was just it was so much hype behind this record. And then there's that whole John Landau famous quote. Like uh, he saw uh, that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band in '74. Uh, I, I think he was at the show where they debuted the song "Born to Run" live, and his quote was, "I've seen the fu- I've seen the future of rock and roll, and the same as Bruce Springsteen," and like people were trying to like, it was like on buttons, it was on posters, and Br- uh, Bruce himself did like he did not want that albatross around. He his told neck. them he said they couldn't put pass the buttons out. He's like, "No, fuck you, don't do that." Yeah, he tore and down they, the posters yeah. and he made him throw away the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> So many wasted buttons. <laughs> and it, it's it, like I, I get it, and like, and also I don't disagree with Landau. Had I been at the show where Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band played the song "Born to Run" for the first time live, I would probably also think that I had just seen the future of rock and roll. You know, mm-hmm. I would never heard something like this. It's definitely a new, fresh direction for the genre. But then, you know, if I was, yeah, like if I was Bruce Springsteen, I. I it's just it's setting it's setting it up for failure if you're Mm -hmm. if you're building it up like that you know yeah yeah but it is a masterpiece record it's a banger Uh, it airs on the side of overly dramatic which i'm fine with i like meatloaf Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i don't think anybody in this group shies away from bombast like that's our shit (laughs) jungle land specifically jungle land like it it's so theatric like is there a stage play to the song jungle land yet (laughs) oh i think I feel like I read something. Yeah, I, I, I think it's called Streets of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, but so then there's also like somebody scored a whole play with Bruce Springsteen songs, and it like sounds like it was. I was like, ah, oh, hilarious, because it it's you know scoring a play, it's kind of a hoity-toity thing to do. Oh, there's that whole movie, Blinded by the Light. That's what it is. There's a, oh, there's yeah. a whole movie about um, uh, a Pakistani teen in London, like emoting and, and associating himself like growing up in london hmm. huh. maybe that's maybe that's it i don't know it just came out like in the past couple years i mean no i think this was a play okay but which like because that's the hoity-toityest thing you can do right but yes. like <laughs> <laughs> anything that involves opera glasses <laughs> and i was told i would i would hear a bruce springsteen howl at some point tonight 
Uh, I mean, I, when it Born to Run comes on, it's all about okay. the breathing, is what I was telling so, you, Birch. No, I hear you. We, we're listening to Backlands right now, or yeah. Backstreet right now, and it was just like, whoa! Oh, yeah. <laughs> which I, mean, I, which I do, love. I could do all <laughs> kinds of stuff that would sound weird. <laughs> I think, too, uh, something about this album that really stands out to me is Bruce feels very much a part of the band. He doesn't feel like a separate entity than mm-hmm. the band. The band is really up front and fully embraced. Uh, Clarence Clemens, the sax, is obviously the one of the unsung heroes, I guess, of the album. But the whole band just kills it on every song. I'm so almost surprised I'm not credited too. on the cover. I'm, I, uh, it says yeah. Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. I'm surprised it doesn't say Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Like, Because well, I've heard... Just Bruce Springsteen albums, and they sound way different than this. Yeah, I should have looked it up, but because the original one, it was like written on there with a pen. Yeah, if you find script. that, what is that? Yeah, that's what? the holy grail of the album. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was just like handwritten script. Yeah, so like, did that say E Street Band on it, or did no? It just... I think it just says Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. Because this was like, I know he had played with some of these guys before, but this was kind of like where the E Street Band like really solidifies, right? I think. Like, are most of the like this was his first one with Lil Steven Van Zant. Yeah, I think it was his first one with Max Weinberg. I think Clarence Clemens. Yeah. Yes, he switched out to two of the members, and this is this is now the E Street Band. This well, is... and the second track is supposed to be about them forming Ten Thousand I mean, Trees t- Out, and I like in the big man joined the band. <laughs> but it was also band. like they all admitted that it was like the lyrics are nonsense and they don't make well, any sense. Bruce Springsteen calling himself Bad Scooter, like that is the lamest nickname of all time. Well, it's got the same initials. That's how you know it's him. <laughs> yeah, but like, come on, buddy, you can come up with a cooler nickname. Like, come the on, you're the boss. Not yet, I guess. He wasn't the boss yet. I am the Walrus. <laughs> what's his What's his name for? What, what's the name of the protagonist in Jungle Land? Like Magic Rat or? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's like yeah, Magic the Rat. <laughs> And and barefoot girl. Yeah, that's so gritty in seventies though. I don't know. I think Definitely might... some uh uh like a Rolling Stone Hammond organ going on back there. Yeah, this is taking a the that Rolling Stones attitude, but this is uh, I think Rob was lamenting that where's the rock in America at this time in 1970s uh and i, I was limiting where's the hard rock in america i yeah. wouldn't call springsteen hard rock yeah you're right i guess it's a uh, it's a bit this different is still, this than, is rock though yeah this, this, is, is, this is like capital r-o-c-k rock yeah but he's but, bringing the glockenspiel he's bringing the saxophone you know <laughs> man guys some... <laughs> i can't i can't divorce this song from uh it makes it's i get uh melancholy it reminds me of mikey hodges and, oh yeah you're talking oh. about we're, right now we're listening to born to run yes, his, his yeah. beautiful uh karaoke renditions he's perfect at it but see that that makes it better for me because it feels like i know somebody understood this the same way i did right like mm-hmm. i don't know but yeah it's sad too Melancholy. We're, we're listening right, to Born to Run. If it wasn't juice. clear, like that's the that's the song that's in our cans right now. <laughs> but I think that Springsteen is melancholy, and like like some of it, like his original lyrics cleaved more toward optimism 
as he revised them, but like some of the stuff he initially intended was bleak. Do like, you want to? I don't have the, the quotes. Cor- if you've got them, oh, spin it it's out. the <laughs> the best one that got swapped out was like uh, I think it's like skeletons of Corvettes or whatever it is Burnout by the Chevrolet roadside. We're not sure, whatever. Yeah, that's sorry. in Thunder Road. Yeah, but they swapped it with the original lyric was skeletons found by exhumed shallow graves. <laughs> so, oh. but that's across the whole album. He's swapping it out for. They must be referring to the Pine Barrens area of New Jersey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, write what you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, it was initially like I feel like there's a lot of deep feeling about working class strife in this, and then it becomes kind of like a little commercialized, and definitely like it shined up in a more like a less dark way, right? It's less dark to talk about burned out cars than to talk about shallow graves, but like it still has that like it gets the job done. It's got that too. imagery. Yeah. The feels there, but it's a little bit of commercial polish. Yeah. There's commercial polish all over this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we've got a we've got a dear friend and occasional podcast collaborator, Adam, who <laughs> has told me before that he he just he does not like Bruce Springsteen. He can't so get into weird. it. <laughs> Which is surprising to me because if I was casting a Bruce Springsteen tribute, <laughs> I would absolutely put him as Bruce Springsteen. He's got the look, he's got the the sound, like the 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 the, the, the emotiveness of it. Uh, I think that Adam would be a great Bruce Springsteen. He has a song called Fifty Two Ford. I mean, look at this picture. He's not. Yeah, a that's fan. Adam Taylor right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe his uh, soul patch is a slightly thicker than Bruce's, but not by much. <laughs> yeah, this album constantly surprises me. It's that bombast of the production, and maybe it's because I'm a fan of West Side Story and that sort of uh, orchestrated rock i guess is what i would call it well and it is, but with the hard rock it's streets of fire too but that's later it was inspired by this yeah of course yeah. it was but i never i never connected those things until, until this now. week oh. <laughs> like this week I was, I was like oh fuck yeah obviously but like i didn't i didn't get there yet because it's so like because this album is so in my heart and that movie is so like yeah. Something that happened later that I think about intellectually, right? Jim Simon uh, definitely has this somewhere on a shelf that he just like lights candles around it because <laughs> this is what he writes. I mean, this is his uh, his book, his Bible, I guess. Hey, you know what's really funny about Bruce Springsteen? What? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he crotch slid into the camera at the that, Super Bowl, okay. that was, okay, that that was, was pretty funny. funny. Okay. <laughs> but other than that, no.
of this album was written on the piano. And I think, and now that I know that, I can absolutely hear that. It sounds more of like a piano rock album than a guitar rock album. Mm-hmm. And I think almost, if not every song, almost every song on this album has uh, an instrumental introduction to it, which is kind of nice and refreshing for for just like American rock and roll. Like, uh, like everything, yeah, like Thunder Road, like all, all these big songs have, it almost like, uh, like it it almost sounds like more of a formal treatment than than rock and roll to give like a song like an instrumental interlude that's that's something different from just like a, a melodic version of the hook you know so i, th- I thought that was neat yeah. Yeah, definitely like definitely a lot of uh care and you, you can tell you, he's a perfectionist he's a perfectionist in the recording studio and and you know and hammering out these songs uh, at the piano before even showing them to the band, you can just kind of tell how much you know thought and care went into this product. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's cool. It's bombastic and it's over the top. And uh, you know, a younger me would probably make fun of it for being you know just kind of like white soul at the opera over the top. But but I, but I really love it. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It, it goes mm-hmm. past the it, I, I, I don't know for some reason it, it for me it goes past the initial distaste of uh someone trying to trying to be phony because it, go, it goes so hard into it that you have <laughs> to just appreciate or respect the how how hard he is he is going for it you know how how deep the it's, it's well, and the I think echo. It, it would the... be different if, like, it didn't feel like he was authentically from a certain background, yeah. right? Like, it's clear that he has experience with that. So, like, it's not as easy to throw off or, like, dismiss that experience as, like, some... It's not, like, a, a face he's putting on for the art. I mean, yeah. he is. Like, he's he's an artist, right? But, like... He has that experience with like that dark background. And like my favorite thing I read about when I was reading about this was about how the 70s had so many like introspective like songwriters and lots of like sort of like personal exploration. And like this was kind of like a reaction against that in terms of like exploring the idea of like, hey, it's real fucked up how much we're oppressing people and how many like people are being like bold under in our society. And like it was. I don't know. It's interesting because it does. It's very different from that singer songwriter thing. Right. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I like everything that grew out of it, but I love this album. Like I, I I really like that that Bruce Springsteen and this album are, you know, they're addressing, they're using rock and roll to address class issues. And I think that that's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, at what point I'm, I'm fully sold on the entire, on the entire project. Is like so. Thunder Road's my favorite. It's like it's my favorite song on the record. It's one of my favorite songs in general. But when the when the harmony kicks in, right on, roll down the window and let the wind blow back your hair. Like from there, I'm just ride or die for the rest of the record. Like, it's true. You, you, like that's for the that's for the it hook. It gets you in, sets in right away. <laughs> yeah. And I so, like that's my favorite song, and I feel like it's not the one that people. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't about, a radio hit. It was probably surprised. Which is me. wild, like yeah. 
Thunder Road rules. Yeah. What, the, what were you gonna say, Rob? Oh no, uh, I I I was going. I remembered listening to this uh, like podcast uh, maybe a couple of years ago, um, and it was about a producer who said that he was in the room with like John Lennon and stuff like as a kid, and he had something to do with this. Who was this produced by? Uh, it was question pro- produced by Bruce Springsteen, but it was also um, Mike Appel and John Landau. Probably yeah, John Landau. Uh, are you talking about Jimmy Iovine or something? Maybe Iovine or Levine. I can't tell if it. It might be. It must be Iovine. Uh, I O V I N E. Yeah, he was on Levine. one or two of the songs. I think. Mm. Yeah, man, because that guy, he, he's the one that went out around to do the uh, uh, Bat Out of Hell, and then also some Patti Smith, and then Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and a bunch of other shit, like, uh, uh, up to the point where he was, like, the cash provider for Death Row Records. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, he he made the uh, the Beats by Dre headphones. <laughs> and stuff like I mean Ivy's a super uh, interesting guy yeah but yeah he was uh he was definitely a part of this um not credited though um interesting but, yeah sorry I I went I went down a rabbit hole because I was like I think he was like 20 and in the studio when Bored to Run was happening and like doing like doing some engineering um uh, but anyways that, that's a weird side note so sorry I got oh, sidetracked that's interesting mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of production on this and there's like the list of people involved is long <laughs> like mm-hmm. very long they when spend you're going how for many a months sound, yeah so fucking yeah. crew of folks <laughs> yeah yeah guys this is like a really good record and it's interesting to have a week or a series in which we've had uh an actual phil specter produced album with dion and then like a phil specter wall of sound emulating yeah. Yeah. yeah and it and this one blows it out of the water this sounds yeah, more like phil specter nice, than yeah. than the dion album mm-hmm. i agree born to run with you i believe <laughs> i'm gonna born to run with you born to run with you in the usa <laughs> <laughs> that's in here too probably right oh i guarantee yeah. born in the usa yeah in born in the usa we'll we'll be getting into that i'm sure we'll also be getting a couple other of his uh I would love to solo. cover the river. Uh Nebraska. A, we probably do Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect darkness at the edge of town to be in, but I wouldn't be mad if it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can imagine we'll have four, four or five. Yeah. Uh but this is the first. Well, it's the third and the first, right? This I mean I can't Springsteen, right? Yeah. I was it's the first Springsteen we've had. Yeah. 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 It's not the first Springsteen he's had, though. Mm-mm. No. This is the third Springsteen he's had. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are three Springsteen children. You're right. Oh. <laughs> it's Bruce, good, and good. he has two sisters. You're right. <laughs> good, good, to, good to know. Excellent. <laughs> good talk, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of uh, Meeting Across the River? Just like, uh, we just listened to it in the can. It's just kind of like a character sketch of some low-level cool. criminals. I think it fits... Uh, perfectly with the album i think the and in you know he tracked this i'm all about tracking and he tracked this in terms of a production in terms of like west side store like a play unfolding of a yeah Yeah. and so i think meeting across the river is a perfect uh 
you know, three quarters the way through the album and that it's like a soft touch before you get into the bombast of Jungle Land. It offsets it very well. It's a cool thing. It the the meeting across the river. So the the majority of the album, you know, is New Jersey. Jungle Land takes place in 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 New York City. And then you've got meeting across the river as the interlude talking about people going across the river from Jersey into the city. And then the next song, all of a sudden you're in the city. It's not necessarily dealing with the same characters or the same storyline, but it has literally transported you from the Jersey section of the album to the, to the closing section, which is the New York city section. And like the wider world might maybe, right. Yeah, like yeah. He's stepping into this, like he's trying to step into this market that hasn't happened yet. Right. Well, it reminded me of Mean Streets, honestly. Um, that that was my first thought when I heard the song, and then I just looked up Mean Streets came out two years before this came out, so it checks. So cool. many of the songs are are storytelling. They are distinct stories of a protagonist and probably a romantic interest in some way. You know, Thunder Road, Backstreet, kind of Road to Run, some kind of car. <laughs> you know, something involving love or a romantic interest fueling the 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 plot of the song you know like even though there's no directly mentioned uh love interest in uh meeting across the river it's about a robbery in order to get money to you know there's a reference to the girl right yeah he's like well basically she's gonna gonna leave him because he pawned the the radio exactly and he needs this money so he can show her that he's worthwhile yeah yeah i don't think the meeting's gonna go well no. no, no. The way that the song is structured, it doesn't sound like things turn out so good. And I know it's a different story and different cast of characters, but the song that leads into uh, Jungle Land, it does not go well for that guy. <laughs> he gets guns down, and no one even watches the ambulance pull away. <laughs> uh, Welcome I to think... New York. <laughs> I did think it was really funny too. I read the. He had never even uh, seen Thunder Road, the movie. He just named it because he saw a Robert Mitchum poster of Thunder, the movie <laughs> oh, Thunder yeah. Road. But how many people do you think have seen that movie because that because of that song? Maybe I'll see it a now. Lot. But also, if I saw Robert Mitchum over a kick-ass two words, I would definitely name my album after that. <laughs> He's got that jawline. <laughs> like, Those are two kick-ass words. The jawline that can drive an album. (laughs) I mean, shit. (laughs) I think Jungle Lane is my favorite song on the record. Yeah? It's so good. It's really good. What do you love most about it, Rob? What do you love about it, Rob? I don't know. Uh, I guess that it's not Thunder Road or Born to Run. (laughs) 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 It just happens to be the one that I listened to last. And I was like, I think I like that better than the other ones. All right, do you that feel is, like those are played those out? pretty epic that we're hearing right um, now. I've, I've, I've heard them quite a bit. Mm. Uh, I don't know if any of them are played out, though. I, I'm still excited every time one of them comes on, but this one was like, huh, deep cut, weird. Well, yeah. you know? Clarence, Clarence Clemens' solo and then Bruce's like wordless wails on Jungle Land are the best on the album. Well, and it's got I, all this I do space. like the whales. Like, it's got space in it to sort of meditate on the rest of it. It comes back with a fury, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I don't remember when I heard this, but I, I recall a, a Conan O'Brien story that he was telling at some point where he was having like, he was just having like a day, like like an emotional day or like just like an emotionally taxing day at least. And he's driving home 
and he's just in the car by himself and jungle land comes on the radio and by the end of jungle land he's just bawling and singing alone (laughs) 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 and it really stuck with me every time i hear this song i just think of conan o'brien crying <laughs> Once you have that mental image in your head, it's kind of hard to get out. <laughs> Just do it, do it as Bruce Springsteen wails alone in the car. <laughs> it's emotional, but that can be cathartic, right? Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, I don't think I need to go around the room, right? Is everybody on the positive? See my yeah, yes, comments about that. Okay. It's wonderful. Uh, I was gonna read a quote. It says, uh, "The Clash." conscious songcraft provided a relief from the emptier pretensions of late hippie late hippie arena rock <laughs> Heck yeah god <laughs> all right next time we'll be talking about any lou harris pieces of the sky let's all listen to jungle land <laughs> <laughs> from the churches to the jails, to my lowest fighting thing.